Welcome to Spoilers Please, where we have discussions involving any form of media that tells stories, usually movies or TV shows, and we'll do so with spoilers. You've been warned. Hey, my name is Albert. This is Jami. This is Josephine. This is Edward. And for this episode, we are going to be talking about a lot of like picturesque sceneries, a lot of food, a lot of pretty people, a lot of parties, a lot of clubs, and we are talking about your stereotypical Asian Instagram. Oh, there you go. No, no, no. We're, we're yeah, talking yeah, about nice. we're talking about crazy itch, crazy itch, <laughs> crazy rich Asians. You did it again, Albert. Great yes. intro. Thanks. Yeah, right of, of course. Yeah. As, as it goes, as it goes. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is uh, this is undeniably a John. Um, mm-hmm. Oh no, no, I'm supposed to go like from the director of Step It Up to <laughs> uh, Believer, Just Believer, Bieber. Just Believer. Uh, now Bieber. you see me too. Oh no, Jen and the Hologram. GI Joe Retaliation. Oh, yeah. uh, GI Joe Rise of the Cobra. Is it, I, I don't. I don't think he did Rise of the Cobra. Yeah, he did uh, the second one. He, he did Retaliation. Retaliation, right? Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Because from all that movie, you get Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. He, so yeah, this is definitely his best movie. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> undoubtedly. Movie. I, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. What you guys didn't like? Now you see me. Nice. Nope. No, nope, we, we had that discussion before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really. I just. I'll kick it off. I guess I really love this movie. It's it's, it's a great movie. And like what Albert said, he, you didn't. You went down his uh, filmography. I have actually seen a lot of those movies, and I did not see this in John M. Chu, you know what I mean? He he was just like a journeyman kind of a director. He's kind of, you know, nothing. they're not bad movies, not particularly good movies and stuff like that, but you know, he's just like, you know, whatever. But this is a great movie. I had a great time. I I thought I thought it was fun. I thought it was a great movie. Mm-hmm. Guys? Uh, well, uh, I didn't love it. I guess I didn't hate it. It was a rom-com, but it was just, you know, it was okay. I like, okay, the biggest thing, obviously, is that I like what it's done for Asians so far and how it actually, like, you know, surpassed everyone's expectations in terms of how it would do in the, uh, the box office. The box office. Yeah. And they actually use an Asian-American as the lead, thank God, instead of, like, using someone from China. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate all that. But then, you know, we'll get into all the details over the actual movie itself. Edward? Um... I'm on the same same stance with Josephine. I think I'm in the middle ground between how Jamming uh, uh, liked the film and how Josephine liked it. I'm in the middle where like I really enjoy this film, but there's a lot of things I can nitpick about and some things that were like, eh, it didn't work too well. But the overall impression is that I enjoyed it. I got pretty emotional a few times in the movie, which is rare for a rom-com. So that's something I will definitely remember. Uh, so overall, I thought it was a good film. Um, actually, word by word with Edward, actually. Mm-hmm. I didn't love the movie, but I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. You know, so the box office thing, honestly, I'm kind of a little disappointed. I thought all the oh, Asians in you America... Ch- you typical Asian. Seriously, I, I thought we had more Asians in the world to give it more than just like 20-something million. Well, you know, in America, there's not that many Asians. Yeah. Somebody was yeah. like, the percentage is actually quite low, yeah, so lows. we needed like other races to come yeah. support. And the percentage is... Oh, sorry. Uh, I, I was going to say, but that being said, I mean, there were other minorities and white people who showed mm-hmm. up. So overall, like, you know, it did what it needed to do because people are actually expecting like they were expecting it to be 18 million to 20 million dollar opening for the entire five day run. Right. That was what they were expecting. And also in terms of Asian Americans, so the percentage of Asian Americans that show up to uh, a studio movie is six percent. 
this one was close to like 36, 40 percent, I want to say. Yep. So Asian Americans did show up. It's it's not like we didn't mm-hmm. show up. Yeah, we the, showed up. We did show up. The thing mm-hmm. is though is that the real test is the second weekend. Yes. <laughs> well, let's see if it can maintain this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, but if nothing fun. else, it's going to exceed $100 million, which is kind of old benchmark for a movie to have. But still, it's going to cross $100 million. It's prob- It's going to you know, definitely make its money back and stuff like that. And yeah. I think well, it's a hit. Well, and I, I just want to backtrack a little bit and say, I think it's a great movie. I, I think I'll just add a little bit more. I think it's a legitimately a great movie. You know, I, it's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I call it great, though. Because, I mean, if you replace all the whole cast and put white people in it, you wouldn't call this movie a great movie. Uh well that's like that's, that's one of the reasons why I would call it a great movie. No, but we can't give it excuses yeah. just because yeah. it has a full Asian. Yeah, no, no, don't no. say it's a great movie just no. because the Asians are in it. I agree. Like that's that's yes. a horrible reason to grade like oh we can give it a curve because it's Asian. Like no, we, the, we have to ju- judge oh. it just as harsh as we would with white films. Yeah, but things there are things about that I think exceeds the rom com thing. But what I mean by replacing like white people with Asians, uh, you do the flip and stuff like that. But what I'm saying is if you flip it in terms of the history of Hollywood movies and stuff like that. I mean, in a historical sense, he, I think John M. Chu made a movie that's kind of old fashioned mm-hmm. because if yeah. this was started in the 1950s, 1960s, you know, the, the main characters would be starring, uh, uh, Cary Grant or mm-hmm. someone like, you know, Audrey Hepburn or stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, in the classical sense, you know what I mean? In the sure. very classical romantic sense, not, not like a modern sense. That's why I really kind of appreciate it about the movie. It's a very, old-fashioned movie and stuff like that. You know what I mean? There's not, there's no dated references and no pop culture and stuff like that. He doesn't really mention America as much as you think he might and stuff like that. This movie could take place in any era and still would have worked and stuff like that. That's why I really liked about it. Yeah, and once again, my argument is that if it was a bunch of white people, <laughs> we will say, uh, Derivative, we see this before. No. Plus, you know, honestly, a lot of Asian uh, rom-com dramas are like this. So it doesn't really stand out when you compare it to them. But yeah, for a white American audience, it's different. Joseph Edward, go ahead. Oh, we're just also, we should be taking shots every time Jamming says stuff like that. Uh, stuff like that. <laughs> God damn it. Who's that person that posted I, it? I counted I'm, four in the last, yeah. uh, whatever last spiel you just had when uh, I was like, oh, that was only halfway through. So I think you had more. Oh, what, what, was the count, what was the count? Oh my God, it's four I, now. I only counted four for that one part, but <laughs> who's I'm going to run out of Who's the person that, that you know. made that post? I'm going to find her. I'm going <laughs> to run her face for that. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so as you guys were saying, yes, like, well, no, not jamming. I don't trust you anymore. Albert, like, <laughs> you know, if it was a white people film, then it would be, it'd be okay, right? It's not, like, amazing. But I do have to say, like, there is that part with the scene, Rachel and her mother, when she mm. visits her in Singapore, that I was unexpectedly unemotion- emotional about it because I was like, oh, wow, that actually, oh, I actually, like, I don't know if I can say I relate to you, Rachel, because I don't really, but it's more like, this actually is very touching. Um, Which specific scene? And- at the what? end, at the end, when she when she comes from, uh, wait, talking about Rachel's mother wait, or which? Yeah, when she comes. Yeah. To yeah. Oh, that one. No, I'm talking about the scene when Michelle Yao breaks down in front of her son and says, "You know what, son? Marry the girl you want to marry because I'm here for your happiness." Do I remember that yes, scene? Yes, I'm talking about Rachel's mother. Oh, Rachel's, oh, Rachel's mother. mother. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, Michelle Yeoh said that? Come wait, on, what? how many mothers are in this movie that are actually Two. having well, a heart-to-heart the, the, with the, their uh, daughters? The, uh, the other actress who's actually Singaporean actually was <laughs> Rachel's mother. Yes. Well, anyway, so I was just saying, that scene in particular, I was actually like, wow, this is actually surprising for a, a rom-com because you normally mm-hmm. never see those. you know. And then the serious moments, they can get serious, but they don't get like to that level of serious or just, I guess, me getting a little teary-eyed. I was like, oh, no. So I don't know if that's like an Asian thing. I don't know if white people are watching this and they feel the same or if the, it's just... 
it's you know, a it, thing. it's a universal thing, yeah. but also it's a little bit unbelievable for that scene because I'm like, uh, let's be real. I don't think an Asian mom would ever do that. Like the but stuff you, she says, you know, like, oh, I'm just happy to have you, but you remember, know, Josephine, who you are. Rachel's mom is also like in America a lot. Okay. So it kind of blends in that, that she has some American-ness to that kind of understanding. Because true, yeah, a mainland Asian person wouldn't think like this. So yeah, no, I, I understand. I understand that part, but it's she's still an immigrant mother, right? right, right who yeah. came from a different country yeah. and then was living in America. But I don't feel like it's maybe if she was like a third or fourth generation Asian mom, like in America, that would be different. But she's not that level. She's like she's the first. What was it? Yeah, she, first year. First, first year. year? Yeah, first Whatever generation. Yeah. Thank you, first generation immigrant. Well, my, my, so, my argument yes, there. Yes, she's Americanized. My, you my know, argu- she speaks English. Whatever, but. My my argument there is that I can imagine my mom saying this because my mom is like that, so and she's first generation because we we all immigrated at the same time. What? And I would also I asked Pete this question on too because I was like, no, you bring up a good point because most Asian parents I know, whether immigrants or Asian American parents, like they don't act like that. The friendly demeanor they have with their kids, mm-hmm. although there have been exceptions where one. Her dad, who's a first-generation Korean-American, like, I mean, Korean-American, he's a first-generation Korean, and he smokes pot with his daughter. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, that doesn't exist I believe for me. That. But they do exist. <laughs> Asians yeah. love which smoking. Is why, like, yeah. <laughs> which is why, like, you know, the relationship Rachel has with her mother is, like, it's not too far-fetched. It, they exist. I know it's yeah, not frequent. We yeah. don't hear it often. Mm-hmm. But I think I do appreciate that this movie, at the very least, is showing that, realm as opposed to what we normally see in movies whether it be asian movies or asian american or just you know any movie where the parent is always like some sort of tiger mom or some right. strict unforgiving unyielding kind of parent yeah. that doesn't let their kids follow their dreams or sort of like that this was a different uh parent's uh daughter relationship which i think in the end i appreciated and this is why i kind of think you can't do that flip we can't replace white people with Asian cast and stuff like that because this story wouldn't make sense with white people in it and stuff like that you know what i mean why it's, wouldn't it, it do you have you seen what do you because if you look at rachel's story her story is a success story but in a point of white america you know what i mean she's following her dream she's professional she's a white collar professional her mom escapes abusive relationship to come to america and, you know have a kid and raise her a successful kid and stuff. that's a success story in any white film and stuff like that but in this one no it doesn't work like that because you know, in, in an Asian context, no, she's a failure. Her mom's, uh, uh, her mom's divorced, run away. Her, her, you know, she lied about right. her dad and stuff like that. So that's why you can't really flip the race and stuff like that. That's why it's a unique piece of work. No, no, no. Th- those are the best parts about this movie. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever they do like contrast between Asian American and Asians, which you don't very see very often in movies, because for Hollywood movies, it's all, Asians are just Asians. Mm-hmm. There's no distinction. Yep. Yeah. Right. So I like, I love the fact that this movie does point that out, mm-hmm. and I think that is one of the best strengths. Of this movie, I just didn't think it was a perfect movie. That's all. No, I, just, I don't think it's a perfect movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's some stuff I didn't like. About Hence, it. why it's not great. Yo, <laughs> I think, uh, one of the things I'll go into why one of the big things why the movie isn't great for me is that Nick is as passive as yeah. like a wooden block. Mm-hmm. Like right. I think Henry Golding did fine with what he was given, Such a but the character is pretty terrible. Yeah, like yeah. for one, he, there's no there's no journey with him he just pretty much stays extremely passive throughout and yes people argue well he was like that in the book and it wasn't that great in the book either so he's like like the perfect man in the sense that he is born he's supposed he's supposed to be good looking i find henry golding very unattractive by the way oh come on how dare you 
This really? Guy's you guys think he's these guys are like, okay, gorgeous, scene, man? He's staring at Rachel like in the the wedding thing, and it's supposed to be super romantic. Yeah. But I'm like, man, your lazy eyes make me I, wonder what the fuck. I, I, are you looking I at was, her or are you looking at the bride? What, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Albert's having a moment right now. I, I was affected. All by right, that keep scene. it. I'm like, on. these guys are so in love. Keep this is amazing. Stupid, staring over the camera. Whoa, so romantic. God. Anyway, so. He's he, he's good looking. Let me quote those mm. loosely. Terms oh, no, no, no. good looking because he's good, tall, good and then period. he's fit. He's got money, and he's very nice. And it's just trying to like I think Edward and I, we read the same article that was saying like oh Asian men we want to make them seem like they're accessible and like awesome and amazing. Yeah. So let's make him as bland and perfect as he possibly could be. And I'm like God, now Asian men just seem really boring. The thing is yeah, though is that it, we no. don't normally get the sexy Asian man, right? And I think I think the fact that this movie does that, I think that's great. And it covers we the still stuff. don't have sexy and also, He's covers, a sexy guy. Come on. There's actually three. Pr- I'm like, they're not. Yeah, Josephine is also a very harsh judge about Why couldn't they have Godfrey Gal? Like, <laughs> How can it be the guy? The guy. Going back to Nick and my problems with Nick is that like he's extremely passive. And it's not to say that like what you said, like they want to make sure Asian men are like, you know, as positive as possible. Because I know the extreme opposite is the last time we had an all Asian uh, movie for a Hollywood film was Joy Luck Club, and all the Asian men in that film were absolutely terrible. They yep. were either misogynists, they beat their wives, or they were just like nerds who couldn't do anything. So this was like a complete opposite. We just want to show sexy Asian men. Yes, I do agree with Justin that you know they're they're bland or they're not that interesting. Um, and so the other problem I have with Nick is that. He's pretty dumb to not be aware of the psychological warfare that's happening mm-hmm. to his Such girlfriend. Words you're using. Agreed. We should quote yeah. the text that we're taking all the words. I know from. exactly, but, but it is psychological warfare that she's going through, and it's kind of like you are so fucking oblivious to it. How could you not be aware of what she's going through? And you see it. She tells you about it, and he's still kind of like. I'm just gonna just sit here. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's it wasn't that compelling in the sense that like I want to see more of a struggle between like choosing his family and choosing Rachel, and we didn't really get to see that. So yeah, throughout it, it was just I love you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Yeah. And like the only problems are outlying factors, but it's not actually the problems between him and Rachel. She he's like, no, I still love you. I don't, well, what's, it, what's the big deal? It, so you're like. So there's really no sense of urgency or the fact that they really will fall apart. It's just all in Rachel's head. I mean, yes, you can say, but that's how relationships are. It's all about insecurities and whatever. But I'm like, eh. Well, he, this movie didn't. You didn't see any struggle with him and her. It was just no, her it, it, and the mother, the Eleanor Young. Sure. Yeah. And Nick, it's it's true. Uh, Nick is pretty much just eye candy in this movie, which I'm no, actually... no, he's not. He's eye vomit. <laughs> Come on, stop, stop it. From, so from my perspective, he's just simply eye candy. He's like pretty much the dumb blonde hottie in most like white movies, right? That's that's pretty much Nick. Which fine, yeah, yeah. That, that's 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 a, uh, the merit to this movie. But I think because of the fact that the story revolves around Rachel the most. It, that's that's part of the reason why it's not that strong of a romantic comedy. Just the romance isn't the important part. It's really Rachel's yeah. uh, journey in Singapore. So it's like right. half of a romance, half yeah. of a comedy. So it's like, yes, yeah. I agree. With, I'll just piggyback about what Albert said uh, and what you guys said. Nick is pretty bland. I think there's a scene missing where after he finds out that his ex-girlfriends are leaving dead fishes and stuff, he, there should have been a scene where he kind of, you know... Be a little bit more active, like stand up for her and herself and some he of that. He beats the shit yeah. out of all the women, and you're like, I know, oh, it's like, come on. 
I think the the movie does a really bad disservice to him. It does a scene missing because, like I said, you already have one strike against him because he doesn't say anything to uh, Rachel about his wealth and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So he, he's already you know he's already kind of screwed up in the viewer's eyes and stuff like that. You know, but I do agree with what Albert says. For romantic comedies, the focus should be on the girl and stuff like that. Just like you know, Meg Ryan movies, Julia Robert movies, the focus is the girl. It's, not, it's about her journey. Mm, I can you name no. a, a, a romantic Ooh. comedy? You gotta focus on the romance. Romance has a guy, a girl, guy, guy, girl, girl. Whatever. I think it, I think it's. But 60, this I think it's sixty forty. But it's, this movie isn't about the couple though. It's about yeah, Rachel. Yeah. So it's not really a full romantic comedy. That's why, yeah, because but, there's no, there's no struggle between Nick and Rachel. There's yeah, right. none. But you can either take that as a strength or as a weakness. I take it as a strength. I think it's refreshing that in no in no part during this movie where they kind of like break up. Mm. You know what I mean? The 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 relationship actually gets better throughout the movie, I, and Rachel gets becomes a better person at the end of the movie. I think I'll, that's interesting. I'll, I'll pick it back what Jamin said too. Yeah. Although I criticize <laughs> that there's not much romance in this movie, I believe they were actually in love with each other. Even yeah. the small what? bits, even yeah. the small bits, what they have, I believe those two were in love, and yeah. for me, that's a that, that's a win. Yeah, I agree. No, I that. agree with that too. I'm gonna that. go against what you're saying and say <laughs> I did not believe that they were in love, especially like, oh, we've only been together for a, a little over a year. I want to propose to this girl, but like the only way they showed the love like throughout the movie was just all these like him staring at her, her staring at him, and he's like, oh wow, you're so beautiful, and he, she's like, mmm, yum, you're so tasty looking, and it's just it didn't feel like authentic enough of two people who i don't know i'm assuming that they live together this whole time maybe or not the whole time but for a, a good duration of it because like uh, another friend pointed out in a um they were like oh if you guys have been together and spending that much like you've reached the point of i want to get married to this person like you guys have more intimacy that's not just yeah. physical like <laughs> little jokes yeah. and stuff or whatever but they didn't show any of that <laughs> the only time that there was a thing between the two of them that I was like, oh, that's kind of cute. It was when she was like, hubba hubba to him in the beginning, which I thought was bad. But then when he comes over to her, she goes, ooga ooga. And I was like, okay, I liked that because it was but, really stupid and I'll cute. Work. And it's something that you would do in private, right? Yeah. As opposed to all the other stuff where they just stare at each other. And I'm like, eh. But like, well, sorry. if anything, they're in lust. I don't feel like they're in love. But here's my whole thing. This goes back to what I said earlier. John M. Chu made a, a 1960s romance and stuff like that. This isn't like a modern romance. It's a 1950s kind of a romance where you don't see them all lovey dovey and stuff like that. No, like that, stuff like that. this is like that example, Jeff. Yeah, that example. But no, no. Here's what he's he's using old. <laughs> did you see? We, you guys noticed when they were on the plane, they had sex, right? Mm -hmm. They cut away before they got really intimate and stuff like that. And he cuts away to the airplane flying to the sun. The next sex scene between the two couples is uh. Uh, what do you call it? Gemma Chen's uh, Gemma Chen. yeah, and her husband—they are about to have sex too, and they cut to a water fountain with the water spill spewing out. That's all, those are like nineteen sixties kind of it, it, sex things it, references. No, of I think it's, a, yeah, it's yeah. like that's what he's doing. It's an old classic romance the, and stuff okay, like that. The PG thirteen stuff yeah. like you're, that you're referring to yeah. is not the definition of a classic sixties romance because the classic sixties romance were very much about the guy. And no, no, no. I'm, talk, I'm talking about film uh, techniques. I'm oh, sure, 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 sure. Like representing old Fine. classic romance and stuff like that. Fine. You but for I mean? me, what really won me over with their with their romance mm -hmm. is the fact that they like eating together. They mm -hmm. like talking about food together. For me, that's a couple. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. There you go. Chirp. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think yeah. any human should like to eat with their significant other oh, okay. if you guys want to live. That's a but you hardly ever see that, that in movies. That's okay? a really low bar. That's, because okay. that's 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 a couple that's been around. <laughs> we gotta set the bar low for Asian couples. That, okay. no, that, 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 for you me, hungry, be hungry. Urgh, we for, love. For Urgh. me, that's a strength. Okay, because because 
A lot of romantic comedies, they have to always show signs of why yeah. they love each other. This one, they're so in love with each other, they're past that. They're just I, talking about food. I would have gone with the guy who turned away a billion dollar inheritance and stuff like that. I would have gone <laughs> no, with that. No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's the food. <laughs> it's okay, the that's food. Oh, it's the food. I'm sorry. It's the food. It's oh, the food. It's I would have said, I would have said standing up to my tiger mom, but all right, we got You know, food. we, we, we should have, have we should have mentioned this in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Which one of us actually read the books? No, no. Anybody? No. I, I don't read I, I did. You did. Edward did. Oh, okay. Have you read the have you read the sequels as well? I said we. Oh, nice. Have you guys read the sequels as well or no? Not yet. No. Okay, so just 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 for you listeners. We're not gonna spoil the the two extra books, the two sequels. <laughs> I couldn't if I wanted to because I, I haven't read. I think I can because I Wikipedia all that. Oh, but so uh, did I. You cheated. But but, we but we're not gonna mention. It, so we're not gonna mention anything from the sequels. Mm-hmm. So we might mention stuff in the book because I think that's a good comparison. Yeah. Like you mentioned, Tiger Le- Tiger Mom earlier mm-hmm. in the book, Michelle Yeoh's character was a Tiger Mom in the book. Yeah. You know. Yes. So so I did like the, that they improved this character in it's the great. movie. The movie actually made a lot of different changes. So and he made, I like, think great the movie is better than the book. Yeah, the movie is better than the book. He made some great tell, changes. Yeah. I just want to mention John M. Chu again. Uh, speaking of the Tiger Mom character and stuff, like that, I thought it was a really smart decision at the end of the movie where Nick and his mom sort of get, get together, and then she tells him that he's kind of approves of of Rachel at the end. They don't show that dialogue. They don't show it in you know yeah. with the blah blah blah. They he lets the actors do it do its work, and then he shows the 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 ring, the, the ring. and he you know he doesn't really kind of. He 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 lets the 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 the, the movie audience uh, put the pieces together and stuff like that. Right. I, th- I thought it was a really great decision. I thought it was really smart. Speaking of putting the pieces together, I think I, I think I want to jump straight to what I believe is the greatest scene in the movie, mm-hmm. the Majora Maja. scene. Yeah, the Majora scene. For right. me, that's the high point, the pure high point of the movie, because it's it's, directing wise, it's done really well, mm-hmm. and symbolically wise, it's that's a word, it's done really well as mm-hmm. well. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And I kind of like the fact that they not they didn't try to explain what what the majong what the significance of the majong tiles were. Right. They just let it go because you know in, in normal movies when people play poker they don't explain what poker is they just they just do it. Yeah. So I kind of yeah. like the fact that that scene exists. Yeah. Rach- Wasn't in the book, but but man that that scene said so much. Yeah. Rachel gave a few pieces of dialogue at the be- at the beginning of the scene and you and then she let and the visuals told everything else. You know what I mean? It was really it's a really do- well done scene. And if you want to. Do a deep dive on it. You can kind of Google it. I think the guy. Yeah, there there are articles explaining in detail. But uh, going after what you guys are saying, like what I like, I agree with you guys. I think that Majin scene was especially effective. And that was not in the book. That yeah. was something made they did entirely for the movie. And I think it showed the strengths of both these actresses as well as the characters in terms of being like no one's a pushover. Like they were both on equal standing. And even though if you didn't understand the rules of Majin, because I. Don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on, yeah. but I could tell. But they were saying things that kind of related to what was happening. So when Rachel was holding that one piece, I think it looked like an M, like mm-hmm. it's an A bamboo piece. Yes. And bamboo. then so basically, it I could kind of tell like, oh, this is the winning thing. But then she right. just stares at it and she doesn't use it. Do you want me to explain and it? Because I, I I can explain what happened there. Yeah. I'm okay, so I I've think, read the breakdown. Yeah, I, I read the breakdown too, too, but yeah. I understand that thing was like the winning thing, and she for chooses her hand. for her hand. She her chose hand. not to hands. use it, and it was in parallel to her being like, "I could have married Nick, mm-hmm. but I chose not to because I understand if I did that, it would tear the family apart." And so she decides she chose she chose she showed Michelle Yao's character that she was not like t- a typical American where they were always yeah. selfish mm-hmm. and always looked out for their own interests that they were willing to give up for the greater good. Yeah. And, they, and so it showed that like she understands the world. She can survive in the world that Nick is inhabiting 
because she understands that value. Yeah, and it plays off the first scene where you see her, where she's playing poker in a classroom, where she says, you know, in poker, you know, like in America, it's like winner take all. You know, you you play to win yeah. and stuff like that. So, and by the end of this movie, her whole journey is she acknowledges the fact that she's she's Asian American, and then she under, she understands both worlds. She lives in both worlds and stuff like that. Well, not yeah. only that, but from what I understand, uh, the bamboo is the equivalent of the banana in yeah. America. Yellow on the outside, one on the inside. Mm-hmm. The bamboo is the Asian equivalent of that, mm-hmm. and the fact that the 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 bamboo was the yeah. deciding factor in that game. And the tile is eight, when eight symbolism. is a very lucky number in yeah. uh, in Asian culture and stuff like that. Yeah. Stuff like that. And also, apparently, there are also a lot of remember the the trick the Aquafina had that bok bok joke. Apparently, one of the winning tiles also had uh, cock in, uh, the rooster in it and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of symbolism in those tiles. Oh, and stuff like that. we gotta talk about really, her. She's but, great. Um, She's great. Oh, we can jump right through that if you want. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go right well, into it. Well, I was going to say other good characters oh, yeah, that yeah. they did not expand upon would be Gemma Chan's character as Astrid. Yeah. Um, I liked her a lot more in the books. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they simplified the whole affair thing in the yeah. in the movie, which is understandable. But then I didn't like how... I mean, I think Gemma Chan, I don't actually know her acting very well. The only thing I've been exposed to was the little comedy thing that BBC made of leading lady, oh, yeah. lady parts. Yes. Yeah. She um, was in a Black Mirror so episode. She was good in that, right? even though it was for like five seconds. So. But then mm-hmm. when I saw her as Astrid, I'm like, oh, yay, she's playing a really cool character. And it was like, oh, her performance is so stilted. I don't care. Like, I want to care because Astrid was the coolest character in the book. But then I'm like, eh, meh. And then obviously at the end, she gets her like, you know, she gives Michael his comeuppance and you're like, yay, go Astrid. And then they take it away by making her have googly eyes with Harry Shum Jr., which you're like, I get it. It's for the sequel and shit and for people who've read the books, but it really takes away from her character. For, I agree, I agree with that. For, like, marginalizing her. Like, she's yeah. just trying to jump into another relationship. Like, ugh! Anyway. Yeah, I think, uh, well, if I remember, okay. remember correctly, Harry Shum's character is, in the book, was throughout the whole book. He was a part of Astrid's life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in yes. this one, he's just like a a credit sequence. Yeah, and he and shot. And he shot. to be really ugly. Like that was a big thing oh, really? that he was not physically as attractive yeah. as as Astrid, and mm-hmm. that's another reason why people were like, "Oh, you guys are together." Like, yes, he had money, but it was like, "You ain't a good-looking guy." And he's like, "Oh, I know." Yeah, but he then, wasn't approved. like, I'm not saying Harry Shum Jr. is that much better looking, but we could tell he's supposed to be the handsome guy, right? And he you're like, eh, "What?" Why? I was just sticking out for all, sticking out for all the dudes, man. He has a bunch of they male chose crush. a lot of sexy men yeah. in this movie. Come all right, on. all right, come all right. on. Save it for your own. Except for, the, except for the one guy, which mm-hmm. is one of the dumb points that for me in this movie is the bachelor scene, mm-hmm. straight out of from Asian movie. Mm-hmm. Of course, that this kind of scene would exist, and I think, I thought for was, me, that was just stupid. I thought it was great. Which scene are you talking about? The, the one in the book. Jimmy O Yang. No, yeah, I thought he was book. great. I thought he That's played great. Bernard perfectly. Yeah. Oh, you know, playing the characters fine. I just like this is the kind of scene you see in a lot of Asian movies where. Where there's a lot of like, oh, let's gonna go crazy with yeah, it's, girls in bikinis it's, or whatever. It's great. I, that's just any American film yeah. too. Yeah, they, like, yeah, have yeah, you not seen all too. the like Fast and Furious? They gotta show all the girls in their, well, their little Furious, short shorts yeah. and their bikini tops, <laughs> and then all like Hangover, like anything yeah. with a bro film. It's always like check out these girls and their ass and titties. It's yeah. like the same exact thing. It's so very this formulaic. film kind of was different in a sense. They they showed that mm-hmm. and they showed the girls doing their thing. So yeah. it was like it wasn't just like leaning one or the other. Yeah. And some can argue that that kind of padded the uh, the running length of this film because I did felt that this film was maybe about like 15, 20 minutes too long. Yeah, it actually yeah, felt like it that. was two hours yeah. and I was like, oh my god, I'm getting kind of bored. Yeah, exactly. But you guys want to talk about Aquafina, apparently. Oh, yeah. 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 I thought uh, she was great. 
Before I get into it, I think the other positives, like the ones I like, no, they played their parts really well even though they were small. Like the ones that stood out to me as doing the job excellent was Nico Santos. He was yes. the, yeah. the rainbow sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, Ken Jeong and his Ken Jung, mom of uh, Aquafina. Yeah, they yeah. were great. Um, and then Ronnie Chang, who played Edison yes. Chang, yeah. I thought he played his part really well yes. as the yep. stuck up, very like impetulant kind of mm-hmm. cousin. Um and so I thought they were definitely standouts. And then Michelle, yeah, we'll talk about her, but you know, I thought she was great. But I think we're gonna go back to Aquafina because I think that ties into one of the complaints I have with this film. Oh, okay. is that every time Aquafina? Here's the thing: when when the film came out months ago, because uh, they were doing all these screenings, every, all the Asian community were talking about how Aquafina was like the MVP of like you know comedy or whatever, and she's like the Tiffany Haddish. And now I'm seeing it, I'm like, oh, I can see why the Tiffany Haddish thing is happening. Is because Aquafina has made her entire career talking black. Like kind of mm-hmm. like Iggy Azalea, yeah. a white girl who sounds black but doesn't actually sound black in interviews. Aquafina is a girl who fakes up her accent for these movies, but then in real life, in interviews, she talks like a normal, you know, doesn't have a black accent. And people argue, oh, because Aquafina's from the Queens, of course she's going to sound black. I'm like, no, that that's not how that works. Just because you sound, you're, you're, you know, in an area where there's all these ethnic people, they all of a sudden you start appropriating their voice and start talking like that. And so every time Aquafina sounded like that, it was kind of like, my ear was it was it was grating to my ears, and then when she was in her more serious scenes, when she was comforting Rachel, that was at her best. Yeah. When she was like dropping the accent and just being natural, yeah. but every time she played it up, because Paiklin does not was never written that way. Also, Paiklin in the movie was about ninety pounds, oh. way too thin. She's supposed to be fat. Oh, uh, so Aquafino's oh. miscast in that too. Yeah. So Aquafina ended up being one of the least likable actors and characters of this film. I thought she was great. And we talk about American American stuff. There's nothing more American than appropriating different, different people's cultures and stuff. So, you know, good job there, I say. I say you know what I mean? And also, She's like, not American, though. She's yeah. not American. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying, though. I'm talking about her no, persona. No, no. I'm talking about her persona okay, so. as Aquafina and in this movie and stuff. Like that. But, um, also, but also, I think she saves the movie. When I was saying earlier, the movie kind of drags in the middle with uh, Nick Young and his you know, passiveness. I think when she kind of, kind of, kind of comes back in, in the second half of the movie, right before that um, montage of the costume changes and everything, I thought that picks up the movie. I thought she kind of saves the second half of the movie. I thought she was great. I thought she was funny and stuff. Yeah, I, I thought she was funny. I didn't mind the accent so much because I wasn't really thinking about it. But uh, her scenes with Ken Jeong, I thought were yeah. great. Yeah. Um, for, also, from what I understand, Pick Lin also has a smaller role in the book too, yeah. right? So they expanded her oh, yeah. role here. This was yeah. expanded for sure. Yeah, and yeah. Aquafina also like ad libs a bunch of stuff too. Yeah. So. Also, I want to mention something about Ken Jeong's character. I think it's a sneakily good character. Because one of the things that the movie is telling you is like certain prejudice. And one of the prejudices is like old money versus new money and stuff like that. And the people of Singapore, the rich Aristotles look down on people like Ken Jeong and his new money. It's like gold and the weird hair and everything's all tacky and stuff. But at the end of the day, he's the only male character uh, of that generation, all the other all the other males are absent fathers and stuff like that. You don't see Nick's father and stuff like that. You obviously don't see Rachel's father and stuff like that. I think it's a, I think it's a really sneaky comment and stuff like that. So oh no, I, I, I do like the family. What Jeremy said. The reason why we like those, the Ken Jung and the uh, mother character, is that you actually this was a family that like yes, it was new money, mm-hmm. but they actually do, they don't have any formality of like we yeah. have to behave in a certain way. We have to not show our emotions. They didn't give a crap. Like right. they were honest with each other. 
they show their affections mm-hmm. openly and being gross and cute with each other. And so it was a representation of like, yes, it is new money, but it's like these people actually seem like they care. Exactly, yeah. And also, it's, I think it's the one place where Nick Santos, the gay character, can kind of be himself and, you know, he really flourishes and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I thought it was a sticky, really good comment. Is Nick Santos' character in the book? Hmm? What? Is Nick Santos' character in the book? I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> I don't remember being a, there was a gay character yeah. in the book. Yeah. Mm. I don't my- remember a lot of the book. I really, I mean, I remember certain parts like, you know, Aquafina. I was like, she has to be fat, like, especially mm. since the whole family makes jokes about being fat and skinny. And she's like this skinny little girl. And I'm like, damn it. Yeah, but unlike right. Edward, I actually enjoyed her performance, except, you know, obviously it's just the miscast. Like, uh, like she could have gained weight for the role or a fat suit or mm. I don't know whatever yeah, and then the the whole issue with the ebonics that and stuff like that's that's no good but yeah. otherwise i think she did her part okay it's just she's not fat and yeah. that really bothers me but, but speak, <laughs> speaking of casting too like nick santos the filipino man in the in the movie plays the gay guy of course what yeah well, he's the thing i have no issues with that one because it's, it's like you have a gay asian actor playing a gay asian character who has no shame in being gay and and expresses it and i think for a movie that really showcases the asian diaspora because they definitely got a bunch of asian actors from around the world in this one right i thought it was great that they had a filipino actor as part of it and some people go well that doesn't make any sense how is he part of film he's filipino i'm like yeah whatever you know but i think at the very least it was good that he was part of it And it incorporated that, and so it showed that it wasn't just like a yeah. homogenous, like yeah. all heterosexual kind of thing yeah. all the, the way the, through. The, and I'm, what, and I'm sorry though, but is uh, is a uh, uh, gay Filipino a stereotype? Is, is it that, is a stereotype. Is it in the Philippines is a very much a stereotype. Is it, I, no they're usually, they're oh, usually the, I didn't realize that. They're usually they're usually a, they're usually a comic relief in Filipino movies, mm-hmm. and like. For me, I'm like mm-hmm. eye rolling, like, yeah. oh look, it's the effeminate gay Filipino man mm-hmm. again, yay! Yeah, I just more see like uh, effeminate gay Asian, yeah, like right. you know, yeah. because a lot of times that I see in breakdowns as well as sometimes I go out for are gay Asian characters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're Filipino; they'll have like yeah. Korean, Japanese, whoever is like they'll, they'll just have gay yeah. effeminate ones because you know I would like to have things. Asian men be effeminate <laughs> and, and what, not masculine and be leading men. And also, was Aquafina's character supposed to be gay? Because at one point, Ken, the father said, "Oh." I, she came back as the blonde Ellen, the Asian Ellen, stuff like that. Was that supposed to be just like a, a she's dig not at, at not, the she's short not hair? Gay. Okay. She's not gay. Mm. Um, it was never insinuated that she was gay, but maybe they're changing it for the movie. Who knows? It, well, just, just to add to the whole Filipino thing, uh, the princess person, she's Filipina. She's uh, Chris Aquino. She was, she's the daughter of a former president of the Philippines. Ah, uh, okay. Oh, so there's that too. Okay. Anyways, but speaking of Chris Aquino, the wedding sequence. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't win best set design in the Oscars, yeah. I don't know what should. Because that's, beautiful, it's a, that's beautiful a beautiful scene. wedding. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. Really? Oh really? my god, Josephine. Why do you hate <laughs> why do you hate love? That's why I don't understand. That's a, that's a, I'm sorry. I thought we weren't judging giving yeah. them a pass because yeah. uh they're Asian stuff, but no, okay, I guess Asian we are. This is not that she hates love because we've seen plenty of rom coms. We're like, no, these are really good examples. That was really well done. I agree with Josephine in the sense of like it looked it looked re- really, really tacky. And yes, there's the whole beauty. And yes, Kina Granis singing the song was yeah. beautiful. I, I like the yeah. song, love. But the wedding sequence itself was kind of confusing in a sense of like, how does this work again? So the wedding just kind of floods itself, and yeah. then they all mm. the women, the yeah. bride, the yeah. bridesmaids. Yes. Yeah. The how often do you see that kind of wet? a wedding? Yeah. 
And also, this, yeah, just because you've never seen it before doesn't make it that exciting. Okay, yeah, so, it does actually. That's the definition. Yeah, yeah. How often do you see that kind of wedding yeah. in movies? And also, it's based on a real church that really does that. In, in the, really, in the, yeah, it's a real thing. Okay, also, that, a, that I don't a, know. It's a beautiful sequence and stuff like that. And, and again, it's it's easy to say, oh, we just flip with white people and all that stuff, but it it does. We can't. You know, it exists with Asian people. And like I said, in Hollywood movies, that's never happened. There's never been a scene where that many Asian people are in the same room looking at uh, one person uh, marrying another Asian person. It's just never happened before. Well, for me, it's just all Asians about don't marry Asians. Design. We obviously yeah. know this. They marry white people. The ah, set design man. is amazing. The set design is amazing. The costume is amazing. You know, cinematography is crazy. The music is Oh, great. God. The I costumes. A, okay. It's a so great. we have a friend. <laughs> Why do you guys hate magic and love, man? I don't understand. <laughs> no, this okay. is not love. This is as a fashion person. I will have to say the clothing was not as good as it could have been. And oh, my God, the red carpet was terrible. Um, But this is just the movie fashion. Um. So as we have a friend who was like pointing out, like this film is about crazy rich Asians, but unfortunately, this is not actually what the one percent do, right? Like, because the movie budget isn't enough to actually reach what the one percent can attain. So they're they're kind of scrapping for yeah. the bottom of the barrel, kind of thing. This like is what they think. What yeah, this the is what Hollywood thinks rich Asians look like and do, and then so. It actually doesn't look too good, and like a lot of the outfits that they do wear, like if we're going to talk about the, the costumes, I was like, oh, they look, it looks tacky. Like I get it that like Asians, Asian rich tacky, who's yeah, not like, the one percent. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's kind of like all the the level of the Aquafina's family, like they're the nouveau rich, like where they just want the brightest, blingest things, but it doesn't ever look good, and that's unfortunately yeah. what yeah. the rest of the Singaporeans look like as well. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I get that there's different Asian fashion, but then if they're going to go off like, oh, they like all the fancy European brands that, you know, the whole world enjoys, then they need to have a better fashion outlet. And then right now, the stuff that we do see, it doesn't look very good. And it's because they don't have the money to actually get the good stuff, which is really sad. And they just had like the dregs and I'm just watching it. And I'm like, oh, so like that wedding good. scene um, when what Rachel wears, where apparently people are supposed to be floored by what you are. I'm like, are you yeah. serious? That, that looks, looks so terrible. bad. Oh, my I, God. I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of like, that dress either. And then, yeah, you know, know how the older lady is like, who's that? I'm like, what do you mean? Who's that? Yeah. It looks just, it's Rachel. It doesn't yeah. look. I wasn't like taken aback by how different she looked. She looks exactly the same. Wow. It was nothing phenomenal. Nothing I, that I actually made you like. Damn girl, and you know, obviously, when she's all like, "Nick, you should wear a tux more," I'm like, "He's been wearing suits this whole time. What are you talking about?" It's like, oh, it's like Devil's Rose Prada in here, man. Wow, Mill Street just came in here. Wow, good lord. Oh, yes, Lord. I know. We wanted to be judging it on Meryl oh, Streep so, and Devil Wears Prada standards. Like, even so Devil Wears Prada had better fashion than these people. Wow. And so that's they had a similar shy. budget, too. Yeah, so, so it's just sad. Like, and wow. it was just depressing. Like, why, why couldn't the Asians actually get the good stuff? Like, this is the kind of shitty stuff that it was just all like, the, the the nouveau rich stuff that they were able to get it wasn't the actual good one percent right. things wow. and it was just tacky gaudy wow. kind of crap yeah wow. so it's like the so the friend we were talking about like he he knows that world and that is not what they look like this is not an accurate representation of how they dress and what they wear it's you know it's a nice it's a nice you know guess at it but it's not exactly what it shouldn't, is shouldn't kevin uh, kwan have said something though Hmm? Huh? Shouldn't Kevin Kwan have said something? Because Kevin Kwan is this story is loosely based on his own life. It's still a no dude idea. writing a story about a female. I don't trust. No, no, it. no, no. What I mean is like he came from the, the one percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, uh, like I think he may have known about it, but it's just like once again, the, but with the limited yeah. restrictions, like thirty million dollars. That's all they can because yeah. they they're not gonna spend more than thirty million dollars. So I think he probably would have you know as a creator as a producer, you have to be aware of the compromises. 
and like the setbacks. And so it's kind of yeah. like, well, this may not be exactly what it is, but this is the best we got. I, I, so I just want to defend the movie by saying, yeah, it has a limited budget and stuff like that, but it's also it's also not a documentary. You know, what I mean, they're, you know, you, oh. if you if you want to see what real Asian fashion looks like, man, I'm sure there's documentaries. You can watch movies from that that location. You know, from that that part of the world and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's fantasy. You know, yeah. it's all kind of fantasy. Yeah. It's about how people the react. Fantasy, it's man. about how people react to the fashion in the movie and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Uh, so. Okay, Gemma Chan's character, Astrid, is supposed to be the top of the line, like, for fashion and everything, right? And then, thankfully, the earrings she ended up wanting, I was like, okay, those were okay. But then the dresses that they had her in, like, she, this woman is a statuesque model and beautiful and stuff. And the stuff they gave her in just was so sad and depressing to see even on her. Like, it was as if they were like, here's a bag. You're gonna make it look good, and it's like I, uh, like in the I think in the books they were describing it as like she had very elegant style and it was very understated. But when she wore it, it just looked you know like phenomenal. But yet when Gemma Chan the stuff they chose for her, I was like it is very understated because it is an understated piece and it's not a good piece. Like it just it wasn't flattering in any way, shape, or form, and it was just depressing. I, I liked her final outfit, her pant outfit that she wore when she was telling Michael off, but that was about it. Everything else was very like meh. Very boring and looks generic. It didn't look amazing. Yes. This, this is actually a very interesting perspective because for me and Zhao Ming, we were like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It doesn't really affect the movie for us. Yeah. But yeah, in, in your point of view, it does, which is interesting because mm-hmm. I wasn't even thinking about that at all. So it's, it's like borderline nitpicking, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you have a valid point. So mm-hmm. yes, there. Uh, you guys want to still talk about fashion? No, and no, of course like, not. I'm done with this fashion <laughs> nonsense. Let me, let me tell you more about the red carpet. We haven't even like, talked about <laughs> Michelle Yeoh and Rich and, 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 and constant okay, woo in this, in this discussion. Well, okay, so you know how like Black Panther, when that movie came out, the red mm-hmm. carpet, holy shit, everyone looked fucking amazing, right? In the red carpet. Because they, they had like, Are you talking we're dressed about, like, like the kings and queens yeah. of Africa. And you're like, no, they look like kings and queens. And then with crazy rich Asians, they're like, oh man, <laughs> they look so, they like, they're so lit. And I'm fine. And I looked at their shit and I'm like, like where terrible. the did they Holy get shit. these outfits? Like Black it's Panther so ugly, had like it's so unflattering. These people are better yeah. looking than this, and yet everything they are wearing is even worse than what they have in the movies. Like, oh my god, this is so sad. This I is why Asians look so terrible yeah. sometimes because and- you have terrible stylists, or like you guys have no money apparently to like borrow nice yeah. clothing. Anyways, I was very depressed. And people were saying, like, it looked amazing and great. And I'm like, even the guys have the most boring suits on. Like, oh wow, he wore a white suit. Damn, he's so no, he's not. It's just a white suit. It's not even well fitted. God damn. And uh, sorry, listeners, uh, we went through the fashion project here. <laughs> oh but but can, can, can we talk about the two leading actresses that we should be yes, talking about? Yes, Michelle Yao. Oh my God, Michelle. I I love Michelle Yao. I thought she was perfect for the part. And I think uh, I read in an interview that she had a lot more dialogue to say, but then they cut it down because they realized Michelle Yao could pretty much do what she was going to say. By just giving yes. a stare, yeah. Mm-hmm. By just like, right. or just subtle glances, and I'm like, no, it's like I know some white people complain. They're like, oh, yeah, she didn't do much. She was just staring, and I'm like, yeah, oh, but no. see, I know that kind of stare because, like, especially when I go back to Korea or like when I was yeah. in high school, meeting what? my mom's colleagues what? and just how they would like they judge you. Yeah, but it's so subtle. I it's thought, so. Yep. Get this at home. Yeah, they look you up and down like like this, and they yep. judge you like that. It, it, it's and and that, I, yeah. it's just like they they pretty much like look at your entire life and your existence and just judge it instantly. Yeah. And Michelle Yeoh just did that, and yeah. it was just something that like she understood that. And I think it was it was great that they you know she actually is from that culture. She is from that Malaysia Chinese culture, 
And so everything she brought was just authenticity and just gravitas. And that scene, when she tells Rachel, you're not good enough, I thought it was like a great, I thought it was a fantastic scene. Yeah. And actually it was one of the scenes where I kind of got a little bit emotional about what? because I thought the acting was really yeah. good on both actresses' parts. What? And so I I think Michelle Yao did a great job. And then Rachel Wu, uh, Rachel Constance Wu, there is a thing where I'm a little bit a little bit weirded out by her voice, but as, as in terms of acting ability, like I think Constance Wu delivered. And I think in terms of emotions, that especially when she's being traumatized or being ridiculed by the people around her, like the ability to convey tears and just like their hurt, she she killed it. I think she yeah. knocked it out of the park. Yeah. But go, but going back to Michelle Yeoh and her and her glances, um, the scene where Nick introduces Rachel to her first in the mm-hmm. kitchen. I thought mm-hmm. it was brilliant because you know she's only giving her half her attention, maybe not not even half her attention. A lot of side glances yeah. and all that stuff. And then for Nick, Mister, you know, airhead person yeah. here, he's like, "Oh, that went." It's like, "Oh, yeah. that went well." And she's like, "She hated me." Yeah. You know, like like if you didn't okay, get me, like you know your mother, Nick. Like, how can yeah. you say, "Oh, yeah, that went well"? I'm yeah. like, "Are you what?" Yeah, Michelle doesn't in that scene. Michelle Yeoh doesn't talk to her until about two minutes into the scene and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They're talking about food and all this other stuff, and it wasn't until like two minutes in she actually looks at Rachel's character yep. and stuff like that. And the two, my favorite two Michelle Yeoh scenes is uh, one where Nick has wine uh, on his shirt, and then he goes to uh, what do you call it? Change shirt. Takes off his shirt. Takes off his shirt. It's all incestuous. Yeah. But but the, no, but the thing is, it's not incestuous. It's just her not understanding boundaries and stuff like that. These women, these Asian women, don't understand boundaries. Because, like I said, it, 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 for you. you would not see this in an American movie and stuff like that. Because you know, w- Americans and you know Asians are, are different and stuff like that. They know boundaries and stuff. You know, they know privacy. But in that scene, it demonstrates she has complete inability to do that. There's no separation and stuff like that. She, you know, he's you know he's her, not in that sexual sense. You know what I mean? So that's the one thing I like. The other thing I like is. Uh, the one where, she, yeah, she dresses down Rachel like towards the end, like you're saying you're not too good for her. But the scene before that is when they talked about dumplings, and she tells one story of how she got that uh, ring, right? The emerald ring, how the father, you know, he chose her and stuff like that. But So she tells one story in public, and then she tells Rachel a different story in private, you know what I mean? A more vulnerable, a more thing where she's not the first choice and stuff like that. And I think that rings so true for me, because like, like I said, in my life, all these women and all these men, they have one persona in, in public and stuff like that. But when you're in private, it's completely different. You're having mm-hmm. two conversations and stuff. And to me, that's a great scene as well. It's, it's fantastic. She does a great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of subtle Asian culture-ness yeah. that, 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 are, that are littered throughout the movie that I really, really appreciate it. I guess I'm the white person of the group where I go, oh, it seemed like a little bit of stiff acting to me. <laughs> but... I mean, okay, so Constance, I realize, I guess I don't really know what her voice sounds like. And so listening to it, I was like, oh, you've kind of got a weird voice or the way you talk because she doesn't like utilize her mouth fully. I know that sounds like, oh, dirty jokes here and there. But it's just she kind of like just keeps it closed and talks in a certain way. And it's and her her tone is kind of like a little bit high piercing or something. It's like a raspy high tone. But uh, as the movie carries on, I kind of got used to it, but I realized, oh, I don't really like listening to you talk. Yeah. Um, I think she does well in certain parts, but it, it okay, this doesn't just apply to Michelle and Constance. I felt like a lot of people in the movie were just, they were acting, you know, like it didn't feel natural. Everything just felt kind of forced. Like, here are these lines, now go. And they're like, oh, 
Wookie Pookie Baka Pook. That's my line. So maybe I'm judging it even more harshly because yes. it's an Asian film <laughs> and I want, you know, the Asians, we have to have 100%, you know, we can't do 99%. That's not good enough. So, you know, if it was a white person film, maybe it'd be different. But then I think, or maybe it's because I'm like, oh, I see myself in them. And so I want it to be better and it's not what I want it to be. So I don't know. So I'm going to carry on, Joseph. I, I do agree with that. Like, you know, at, when when they were making Crazy Rich Asians, like at first I had these super high expectations. Like, you know, this film has to deliver, it has to be awesome. But then I'm like, it is kind of unfair that, you know, minority films have to be held at a higher standard than everything else and so it's kind of like why can't we just be okay with like a generally pleasant mediocre film not saying this was but you know that's how i felt about this that's movie how, it that's was how a, generally, generally mediocre <laughs> i i rank it a, a little above from where josephine ranks it. but even then it's kind of like it did the job it wasn't a god-awful shitty film it did what it needed to do and it made box office success and because of that, three more Asian-led films have been greenlit in the Hollywood production. So that's all happening. And then also, we'll talk about searching, you know, in terms of, like, sustaining the momentum forward. But, like, it's kind of like in what I first thought of Fresh Off the Boat. Like, it's not that great of a comedy show. It's, 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 great. it's, it's great. entertaining. It's great. It has a lot of flaws. Uh-huh. But it, you know, because now it's on its fifth season, now it's syndicated, there's a lot more Asian-led TV shows happening because Fresh Off the Boat it was successful. This is how I see Crazy, Crazy Rich Asians. It was a fine film. Um, people can argue whether it was a fantastic or a terrible film, but it was fine. And it made money. And it will lead more to like more complex, more interesting, more like thrilling kind of stories with Asians as the main leads. And I think that's, for me, the bigger takeaway um, of Crazy Rich Asians. That means Constance is a pioneer because she was she's in Fresh Off the Boat. And Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, She's the much. one leading all of this. Yes. I thought Constance Wu was adorable in this movie. Very charming. Um, Acting-wise, I thought she was fine. I mean, I, I don't have the same kind of standards in that regards like you guys did. But I thought she was great in this movie. Yeah, I thought she was great, too. She's great. I, I'm used to her voice. I've seen her in Fresh Off the Boat for like four straight years. I thought it was great. And just uh, going, I suppose, expectations. I had low expectations. So, I, I so did I. I didn't exceed my expectations. I think this is legitimately a great movie. I think that I, if I had to score, I'd give it an A. I think it's a great movie. B plus for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I agree with you. It exceeded my expectations because, like, judging John M. Choose film, I'm like, uh, I don't think he's going to make a good film yeah. with this. But then I'm like, I got emotional a few times. Well, there's not much so did to I. go. Like, you're saying I can't make a good film. I'm like, it's just a really generic story. Like, the book is boring. It's not oh, yeah, an exciting yeah. No, no, book. yeah. The I, book is not, like, anything to, like, be like, oh, my God, this yeah, book is freaking amazing. I don't think... So, you know, but it's like... Once again, it's like the standards that our, us Asians have to be placed in. Like, so what other stories can, like, so that's the argument going, like, what stories can we tell and what stories are interesting enough for Asians to tell, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of it is bickering amongst our own Asian community as everyone talks about, like, what's Asian enough, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what, guys, I think in the end, despite, like, and yes, people are arguing, we've been discussing about, like, Henry Golding, he's not a full Asian, he's a hapa. He's ugly. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, look, you know, you got a really Asian cast here and Henry Golding. Yes, he's a Hapa, but he, Hapas are Asians too. And I think the, they're you know, people too. <laughs> they're I just want to, that we yeah, have, I just jump in here uh, that, you know, does needs to be disregarded in a sense of like, um, uh, that 
it's a victory yeah. for all. I also want to jump in here. Should Asians really be focused on, on racial purity and all that stuff? That's a very Germany, very European uh, thing to do, man. I, I don't think that should be a focus of, of that much scrutiny and stuff like that. You know, so much purity and authenticity and stuff like that. Uh, which is why that's, I'm, that's I'm actually surprised, Albert, that you brought up yeah. the fact that the Nico guy is like, you're like, oh, generic gay Filipino. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I didn't even know he was Filipino. And I'm actually surprised there's a yeah. Filipino well, in this film his, because his character, uh, his character was not Filipino. wouldn't do that. So his character, yeah, his character was so not why, Filipino. why are you complaining, Albert? Yeah. No, no, his character was not Filipino, first off, in the, in the movie. Yeah. And neither, no, I understand but that. But I'm Filipino saying the fact that there's a Filipino actor, actor yeah, in this movie. I didn't even realize he was Filipino. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see him too. Because I, I know I know before the movie came out, there's a lot of people that, that, that was criticizing that this movie was not Singaporean enough. There's way too many non-Singaporean act- actors in this movie yeah. compared to the actual, like, I think, like, three actual Singaporean actors in the movie. Fair enough. John Chu said that that we're taking baby steps. We got to yeah. do this first. We got we to gotta show that there's more than just one Asian out there mm-hmm. in actors in the world. So let's put them together in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Henry Golding also had a lot of criticism. A lot of people co- complain about the Hapa thing or whatever. But mm-hmm. b- apparently, based on the book, he's exactly how the book describes the guy to be. I, I'm going to believe that. I mean, he's from that era. He mm-hmm. lives in that area. He understands it. And, and from the re- result reports I've heard of like the other Asian men who have tested for the role and that, like in the end, what this film needed was a guy who could pull off an authentic British accent mm-hmm. and had like the easygoing charm and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is the sad part where if it's like, who knows if it's true. It's like that specific guideline, uh, guideline of like British accent, suave, handsome, all of this, like, there's not many Asian actors who can do that. Yeah, there is so Henry Golding fit that, and it's like they found an unknown actor to do so. And I'm like, no, this he's is not great. an actor. He's yeah. a host. Yeah, he's but, host, also, but, but I think he did fine. But I also yeah. want to mention the Britishness of it of that character of him actually fits into the story and stuff like that. You know what I mean? This uh, the guy the guy who wrote the book he said he based it on Jane Austen novels and stuff like that. And so he that is an angle that he's playing off of and stuff. The whole story of uh, rich people, I mean, old wealth versus new wealth, that's a very British thing. That's a very British discrimination and stuff like that. That's a very important factor. Not, not only that, that, but he did go to boarding school in yeah. London. Yeah, the whole movie. Another, another sneaky thing that the movie talks about is discrimination and stuff like that. And th- in this case, it's about discrimination that's got passed on from colonialism, from British people and stuff like that. You know what I mean? That whole thing about rich money versus old money versus new rich <laughs> old money versus new money, that's a very British thing, you know? I mean, so that's so that's part of the story and stuff like that, you know. And I don't think it's a coincidence that a bunch of characters mentioned their boarding school. You know, they went to Oxford, and you know, what I mean, they lorded. That's one of the things they used to lord over the the poor uh, characters, the minority characters, and stuff like that. You know, it is so. also another reason why um, I couldn't completely love in this movie because in the end, old money, new money, it's still a movie about rich people. Okay, yes. yeah. so I can't really relate with that kind of indulgent wealthy I, fantasy. But the thing is, then you can't watch this movie because th- th- then there's no movie though. The no, only, that's the thing though. That's the why. That's yeah. why I can really enjoy yeah. it, but I can't find myself loving I, it because I can't completely yeah. relate. The to The only of thing you can hope for, the optimal thing you can hope for, is the two main characters sort of turn away from that money and realize it's money's not everything, which is what happens. Right. So. Well, that's the reason why yeah. Rachel Rachel Chu is the audience surrogate. Because she's supposed to be us. Yeah. And by the way, she's a, like I said, she's an Ivy League New York professor and stuff like that. It's, it's, oh, it's the closest thing to us. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's pretty close to, yeah. That's my life. But yeah. Yeah. Um, you're saying that the, the takeaway is you can't rely on money. Like, um, yeah, she already never knew he was rich and she loved him for who he was to begin with. So mm-hmm. I don't really, there was no arc really. Like, she's like, I still love you. No, that wasn't the arc. Though. That's not her. The, the arc is her trying to, like, 
survive in this this family yeah. of wealthiness. Yeah, and finding her place as an Asian American, that whole thing. It, the whole self journey. It's a self journey. It's it's not really because remember you know, in the beginning of the movie, she was all like, "Well, we're Asian. Yeah, I, we're I, Asian. I'm sure I'll be fine." Yeah, and then she realized that's not true at all. Yeah, there is a difference. Her, her mom warns her before she goes to Asia. You, you know, she, hey, listen, you think you're Asian, you think you know everything, but that's not true. They're not going to look at you that way and stuff like that. She thinks just by wearing red that will do it. You know, I mean, she, oh, I I get Asians. You know, but that's not true. You know, the whole movie is not really centered about their relationship because, like, like I said, they don't break up in this movie at all. It's her whole soul. Kind of, well, that, that's really kind of did, but not from his. <laughs> but if you want to say it's supposed to be two sided, he at no point does he think they break up in this movie. You know, what right, I mean? right, right. So right, he fought for her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I think, then, I, think I think it's right. Oh, I was going to say, follow the trope of rom-coms where at the end it's like, oh, in front of a bunch of random people, we're going to make up and everyone's going to be cheering for yeah. you guys. But Edward was saying that he really liked the airplane scene because it was more realistic in the sense that there's all this shit happening. People didn't stop for him. Yeah. And like, he had to like struggle to like, get suitcases on. And yeah. he's like, excuse me, sorry. Come, yeah. come here. Through. I thought that was a cute yep. scene. It yeah. definitely it, fulfilled a stereotype. Yeah. Um, going back to Jamming saying it, yeah. it, like the old fashioned rom-com feel where it's like, yeah, that always happens. There's mm-hmm. always a public display of affection where the man or the woman shows how much mm-hmm. they truly love and they will, you know, embarrass themselves to do so. But more often than not, rom-coms, like everything, everyone just stops and yeah. stares and goes, ooh. Yeah. But this one, I appreciated that people are yeah. like, Dude, stop yeah. talking. Like, yeah. get out of the way. Like, I, I like that. Every, that was every April, every October, I fly from LA to Hong Kong, and that's my experience as far as people are just like, get the f out of the way. The suitcases fly oh, your everywhere. Is that like you're chasing women on exactly. the airplanes <laughs> and confessing your love. Every happens every time. time. I'm saying elbows everywhere, people not stopping, people rushing you and stuff like that. It's very authentic. That's part that, of very that's authentic. just a regular plane trip, <laughs> Really, really, I get, you get cursed out all the time, but yeah. It's yes, good. every time. Yeah. All right. I also like to point out before we end this, um, the cultural appropriation of American songs done in in Asian. It's right. Great. Yeah. I I thought that was kind oh. of very apt because that happens a lot in Asian countries where yeah. where a popular American songs gets gets sung in Chinese or Mandarin or Korean mm-hmm. whatever, and then most people in that country are kind of ignorant of the fact that hey, this is an American song, yeah. but we're redoing. And it. it falls into the whole uh, rom com thing where there's like a montage where she's changing uh, clothes and everything, but to a peppy uh, pop song. But in this case, it's it's an Asian American version. Of but I do also yeah. like so, how they also had like old school jazzy mm-hmm. type uh, mm-hmm. 60s, 70s yeah. Asian songs as mm-hmm. well. I did like how they added it in. And also the inclusion of Cold Place Yellow, mm-hmm. which apparently John Chu was really, really trying to get for this movie. Yeah. Because they wanted it's kind of like the N-word for ages, I guess. Sure. So it's like, yellow. I want to bring that back and reclaim that name, that word. And Cold Place Yellow is perfect for that, apparently. That's great. I really sure. like that. I, I thought that was a great way to, you know, to to have that with, with the scene that was going on. So when that when I started hearing that, I think it just shows like how much of an unabashed Coldplay fan I am. But I really love that. Edward, it's also a very well known song. Okay. Okay, fine. It's a, it's a great song. It's a great song. I lo- yeah. I like all the musical choices. I, I, That's I do like the the musical choice in this movie. Yeah. yeah I do. I mm-hmm. do. Oh, I just want to mention the 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 grandmother, the old old grandmother. Oh, yeah. I really like that character. I really like the choices that they made because you know in some of these movies you think oh the old grandma she's you know she's very wise she's gonna say the right thing and stuff like that. But you know these prejudices, these hate and stuff like that it comes from the older generation. So I like the fact that she also stabs uh, Rachel like towards the end. Which oh, yeah. Don't you think that, that was, was a great choice? Don't you think that was too sudden? Of no, a, not of at all. Flip, flip. Nope. I I have a ninety year old grandma. She's just as mean as nasty as that old. No, no, no. But, but throughout the whole no, movie, so, she was no. nice old lady. Yeah. yeah. And suddenly she's mean at the end. Yeah, because people play, have multitudes and stuff like that. She can comfort her granddaughter, but also reject this this foreigner at the same time. 
Because, like I said, it's consistent with everything else that's happened in the movie as far as, not necessarily her character, but the whole prejudice and all that stuff. Because prejudice is, is generational and stuff like that. So it's it, it should be there, you know what I mean? Even though it's not presented. It, it, wasn't, even, it wasn't even prejudice. It was more of a case like she's not worthy for us anymore because she has this this horrid background in yeah, her but history. Yeah, but again, it is certain prejudice. It is an Asian prejudice. Because like I said, if, you, if you're presented that same story in America... It'll be a different. It'll be a different take because her, her American grandma might say, "Oh my God, your mom escaped this abusive husband." Oh, what, what? what and she made oh, something for enough. herself. You know what I mean? Fair enough. It's prejudice. Oh, also yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but she is one of the actresses yes. from the Joy Luck Club, right? Yeah, yeah. she's okay. the su- surviving oh. member. Oh no, I don't know. Oh, wow, <laughs> she's the last surviving woman from Joy Luck Club. Can you believe that? That's so sad. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, they all died. They couldn't wait. I kind of wish. I kind of <laughs> wish they found a part for Ming Na Wen to be. In I know. This. I was I, like, oh, where you just you just want her and everything. Yeah, yeah. She's not in Mulan yet either. That movie. supposedly there's a piece of dialogue it. from this movie that references the Joy Luck Club. I, I I think I read that somewhere, but yeah, but she's not. Wait, Ming Na Wen. She's not in, in Mulan. She doesn't play the dragon or the voice of the, <laughs> the dragon. dragon. She should play the voice of the or dragon. Or the mother. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So far, there's been no news of her in it. But that's another movie for another time. There will be some stunt casting in that. But yeah. 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 The lady from Joy Club is there. Good times. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Still alive. Yeah. And kicking. Barely. Oh, hopefully she doesn't have to wait another 25 years for another all Asian cast. So, yeah. Um, uh, I think by now, uh, the next milestone for Asian representation in Hollywood movies is an Asian superhero, so I think that's that's the next thing we're waiting for, right? Mm-hmm. right oh, did right. you guys know that Gemma Chan is actually in Captain Marvel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, yeah, but it's still not her movie. Yeah, but <laughs> well, yeah. hey man. And then Sony's gonna make their Silk movie, which we I don't know, know if it'll be any action. good. Ooh, yeah. it's gonna, if, they can, if they can pull that off, that'd be great. That'd be I'm fantastic. hoping. I don't know if it's gonna be live action yeah. or if it's gonna be animated. I'm yeah. hoping, yeah. and I'm kind of guessing she has that Silk character has a cameo in the Spider Verse, and they spin it off from there. Hopefully it's animated. Well, they're, they're, she's they're, technically made cameos in the Homecoming films already because yep. she's right. the cast girl to play Cindy. Yeah. But we don't know if it's Moon. Yeah. But that's a Marvel property. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, exactly. you know. Okay. All yeah. right. Since we're already, uh, I think we're done with that. So listeners, uh, thanks for listening. Jumping, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-G-L-I-O-U. Edward, Josephine? Uh, can I just throw in a thing real fast? If If you're watching this and you've been taking shots every time, <laughs> Jamming how, how said dare you? something like that. You know what I mean? Know what I'm saying? You must be like so pissed drunk. You didn't even finish this podcast. Like, but the first paragraph. Oh, man. So many. Okay. Uh, you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram at SlowJoJojo and Twitter at IamJosephine. This is Edward. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, on Instagram at Cinnabon Monster. Facebook. And Facebook. Whatever. Uh, this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5. So that movie blog, weekly comic strip, uh, stuff and junk show, and generally, basically whowhatworsewhy.com. Um, if you want to send us email, send them to whowhatworsewhy at gmail.com. If you want to send comments, send it to the Facebook page or to the website. What? You sound very enthusiastic about that. If you want to send it somewhere, uh, send it there. If you want to show your support, head over to whowhatworsewhy.com slash support to find out how. Music has been provided by the Y-Axis. Find them at theyaxis.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatwearsy.com. So going with what we're saying, how August seems to be the month of Asian movies, uh, Searching is definitely one of them with John Chu. Mm-hmm. And the other one I recommend, which everybody John can Cho, watch right now. John Chu. Oh, I'm sorry. John Cho, because John Chu, John Cho. Racist. Um, <laughs> uh, to All the Boys of Love Before on Netflix, it has Lana Condor. Jubilee. Jubilee. As the leading female in a romantic comedy, mm-hmm. this was more of a romantic comedy than Crazy Crazy Rich Asians. 
And this there's is a Netflix. lot of hate for it though, in the there's sense a lot that of hate for it. that she's well, dating no not no, no, no Asians. No Asian guys. Yeah, but I'm not dating, but in love with no no Asians. Space, I mean, it's mainly like Asian men that are hating on it because they're hateful people, more hateful than me. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, the guys who are hating on it, you're just making Asian men look bad. Like, why can't you be happy that there's an Asian led film like for a female instead yeah. of with a whole like, what about me? How how come yeah. I don't see me on screen? And I'm like, do you know how many things we've seen with Asian males and there's no Asian females and you don't you don't have any cries there. You're Master just, of none. Yeah, I can hate that show because of that shit, but you know, amongst other things. And also, it's based on a lady's memoir. Maybe she didn't date yeah. Asian guys, so stop. Yeah, I but people it... are still gonna hate on them. They're like, how come she she only likes white men or whatever? You know, I don't know. I have a friend. He's this writer guy who was hating on it a lot because he's like, never once do they think to include an Asian male. And it's like you realize there was it was all white boys actually yeah. in the original memoir, but then yeah. they actually included a black man and a Latino guy or something. And then people were like, yeah, but. But no Asians, and I'm like, because the lead's Asian. You can don't you know the quota? You can only have one Asian. Oh yeah, and the funny thing is, like, we were talking like, oh, it seems like Hoppos are the ones who are getting the main parts because you know they look appealing enough for white America. Yeah. In the book, uh, she's a Hoppa. She's half Asian, half white. Yeah. But they cast a full Asian. But this girl, them. Lana Condor, has been she's adopted and stuff. So yeah, but blood wise, like, she's full. Asian. No, I understand. Yeah. But I'm saying the fact that she, I don't know, she's kind of like Aquafina, where she came out of nowhere. But then unfortunately, she also has like connections up high because of who her dad she's is or some really shit. So good. it's not like she's it's, getting these roles because she's good. Is her dad she's somebody? Just, it's it's she's really wife. good in the, to all the uh, boys. I've seen the movie. Okay, uh, yeah. to all the she's really good in the movie. She deserves to be recognized for this movie. She's yeah. actually really good in it. She would never have gotten this role if her father didn't like you know get her her connections to even put her as Jubilee. In but the then first I realized place. most white actors are yes, like that. Yes, they do that too. Yeah. Kristen Stewart. <laughs> it's just there's so many other like Asian actors it, out there who put it this way for a lot longer and like they're not going to get the recognition they get because like yeah. they're like that's a lot of white actors too. Put, put, I know, put it but this, Asians especially. Can we just but can we just judge the piece of art as as it is? And Albert Cena, she's he's saying it's good. Yeah, it's actually yeah. it's actually pretty enjoyable to watch. Uh, put it this way too. Uh, the, when they shopped this book around to be done into movie, mm-hmm. every studio wanted the lead female to be white, mm-hmm. except for the one studio mm-hmm. who finally actually did the movie. Yeah. Okay. So it could have been like, much worse. Yeah. And also, like it's based on a lady's memoir, right? Maybe she yep. didn't date an Asian dude. And also, it, where does it take place? It takes in the middle of America, right? There's not that many Asians in general at all, right? Where does oh, it take I don't place? care about that. I'm yeah. I'm fine with it being an Asian girl. And oh, yeah, if they if they complain, oh, there's no Asian guys. Like, there's gonna be another Netflix rom com coming out. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I think it's Call You Maybe with Ali Wong and Randall Park. Right. Uh, that's gonna be one I'm gonna look forward to. So there's that. And then you guys mentioned Searching, which I think. In some ways, the success of that films may be important, just as important as Crazy Rich Asians, if not more. Because right. with Crazy Rich Asians, like Black Panther, it's like you kind of obli- you know, obligation have to have an Asian cast or Black Panther with that black yeah. cast. But with Searching, it was not required that the main guy was supposed to be Asian, nor yep. his family being Asian. But we, this is where we are. Yep. And it's going to have its selected release this week, and it'll, it'll open everywhere next week. Yep. And I think if that movie does well... Then yes, Crazy Rich Asians has already started breaking doors and more projects being green green lit. But if Searching does well, we're gonna see a lot more genre films like horror films, sci-fi films, where they're gonna be like, let's cast an Asian, let's totally yeah. do it. No, it's true. And I think, I think uh, from from, uh, from the trailer I've seen of Searching, I'm really intrigued by this. I yeah. think this looks like a pretty good film. Yeah, no, it's true. Everything you said is true. Not only that, but 
for the past years, we've been joking about how why not John Cho? Why not John Cho? Well, here's a John Cho. That's because he's right? the only Asian actor people can think of off the top no, of their head. That wasn't because he's actually any good at what he does. But hold you on. know, that that that's true and all. But point is, like what like Edward said, this is important in the fact that here is a John Cho led movie. Here is a genre film starring an Asian person. Not only that, but everybody felt obligated to watch Crazy Rich Asians for the Asianness of it. But nobody's talking about being obligated to watch Searching, which is yes. why this is important for this to succeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I'm of the belief, you know, I'll, we should just take everything and just so little of it. Just take everything. Watch Crazy Rich Agent. Watch Searching. Watch Fresh Off the Boat. Watch Gook that came out a few years ago and stuff. Watch all everything. Yeah. And stuff like that. Not yeah. only that, but support the actual Asian movies that are being shown in theater here in America and support that guy who was in Mission Impossible Fallout and stuff like that. The bathroom scene. Oh, he's he's just awesome. no. I'm, he's talk, I'm, talk, I'm talking about not even not even. Hey, that means you need to watch Mile Twenty Two because there's an Asian guy in that yeah. movie. Oh, oh that's that right. movie. Oh, so Supposedly bad. he's the best thing in the movie. I, I you know he what? is I, the best thing in the movie. I support him already by buying Raid 1 and Raid 2. So yeah, I, I did my I, part. <laughs> I went ahead and saw the movie just because of Eco. Because of oh, you guys seen Raid, right? Of course. And yes. oh, yeah. Nope. I, I, I watched the movie because of him because it, it's a Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah. The ironic thing is that Crazy Rich Asian, not ironic, the most uh, winning thing is that Rich, uh, Crazy Rich Asian beat out Mile 22 <laughs> because uh, it's a Mark Wahlberg movie. And you know, they took, the, they took oh, yeah, his eyes. He beat up that Vietnamese yeah. guy yes. and made him blind. Yeah, they he took his eye, up, God he, damn it. He beat up two Asian yeah. people, yeah. had hate crimes on those two Asian people yeah, well. all those years ago. And this is like a good comeuppance for him. Yeah. Yeah, well. I don't know. It, it, he's doing summer. fine, guys. Yeah, he's, he's doing really fine. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Fine. Because the thing is, like, this is what? The fourth movie he's done with Peter Burke, like, yeah. what was it? Patriot's Day. Yeah. Deepwater Horizon, yeah. like Mark Wahlberg. Well, this is the thing about white yeah. actors; they continue to fail up, yeah, and they will continue to do so. And like this, this might they're, be, they're fine. Yeah, when it comes to Asian actors, we fail once and we're done. Yeah, and this might be like a side story, maybe not the point. But on the Kevin Bean show, the the radio show, uh, oh, Mark right. Wa- Mark Wahlberg was promoting the, the the movie by calling in, and he says, "Oh, he was like, oh, where are you? Oh, I'm on the beach with my family. Can you imagine promoting a movie and you're just on the beach, just relaxing and stuff like that? You know, if you're a minority person, you can't do that. You have to run all over the country. You have to be doing Jimmy Fallon. You have to do a bunch of radio shows. You have to be live in person. Marky Marky yep. Mark is so kind of entitled. He's just doing press on the beach with his family. It's like, yeah. what kind of bullshit is this? He man? had he had to mention he was oh, I'm on vacation. Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Like like uh like. Like humble bragging, I guess. Yeah. But what, another, a, what a douche. Speaking of Kevin Bean show, yep. going back to Crazy Rich Asian, when they when they interviewed John M. Cho, uh Chu. <laughs> now I'm using Chu and Cho. Yeah. Uh he mentioned like they mentioned like, oh, so now you have all these Asian actors trying to get a role in the movie. Yeah. And then John M. Cho Chu uh joked about like, yeah, we got a call from Scarlett Johansson. He actually <laughs> called know, that out. So. We thought that was hilarious. Yeah, she's never gonna live that down with a certain population. <laughs> You know, she, I think that's the biggest yeah. joke I've seen for all the Asian-led yeah. films so far. They're like, I'm sorry, I don't want to watch this. It doesn't have Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. It doesn't have Emma Stone in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, him and then uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, and, and like, uh, what oh, about so The Hollywood Reporter had the four leads on uh, for Asian, crazy, crazy Rich Asians on the cover and stuff, and somebody like photoshopped uh, Scarlett Johansson's face on all four of them. And stuff. I, th- I thought that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. But yeah, good times. All right, this has been another episode of Spoilers, Please, which is part of the Who, What, Where, Spoilers.